0: Hi everyone it's great to be back with you again this week. We've had a tough one. We had to say goodbye to our beloved Labrador on Friday. She was only 10. We've been a complete mess and tried to support each other through it. I hope you've had a better one than that. Thank you for your feedback on last week. It was lovely to hear where you've had little epiphanies about the way you phrase things and the positive outcomes that have come out of that. Here's one. I can totally see how changing a few little words will benefit our relationship. I'm excited for a few more tweaks to enhance our relationship further. You've given me so much hope, skills and encouragement for the teenage years. I love that. She's really grasped the nuances. Pop back to podcast 63 if you missed it. It's for all age groups, just how to change a few little words that make a difference to how your child hears what you're saying to them. I'm going to ask you for a little favour this week. One thing that would enable me to get help with all that's involved in publishing podcasts is for our listenership to grow. I love it when people find us and they say, I had no idea it was going on, I'm so glad I found it. But in order to spread the word and widen the reach, I need your help. So can I ask you to share the podcasts with friends? If you found something helpful, something interesting, or you've just enjoyed it, can you pop it on your social media, your Facebook, Insta, Twitter, spread the word. That would be really supportive to me. It enables people to find us and it'll enable the ongoing availability of the podcast. And so to this week, everybody's walk and experience, love story and parenting journey is different. So I thought it would be fun to ask a few parents to share their stories, especially when they've got an unusual ingredient or two in the mix. This week, I'm going to introduce you to my Iranian friend, Zara. She's gorgeous. She's creative, she's organic, she's always up to something interesting. She lives in Cheltenham with her husband, Ahmed, a pharmacist, and their two children, Hannah, nine, and Ali, seven. Zara is interesting in lots of ways. She ferments, she creates, she's very into gut health, interior design. Well, I think that's a few interesting ingredients to be going on with. Oh, and she also home educates. In fact, you might hear her children in the background popping into the kitchen for lunch, the odd creaking kitchen door. So come and meet Zara and hear about her parenting journey and some of the creative things she's up to. Zara, what do you love about being a mum?
1: Well, I think nurturing my children. Or, and know, what does that word mean to you? Um, just giving them as much love as I can. And this is what it really means to me. And is that your
0: highest priority, giving them
1: loads of love? Love. Mm, yes, it is. Lots of love. But obviously I have to be careful not to go a it. <laughs> you know, too emotional sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it will stop me from
0: <laughs> doing the right things. <laughs> so, so, where does discipline sit in all of that? Is is that a high priority for you, or do you feel like mm-hmm. well did the they go? Sometimes
1: I feel like maybe I should, you know, have, you know, have them have a lot of discipline, but then at the same time, think, you know, what, you know, this is the thing that they will remember most is what they see from me in their childhood, the love that I
0: can give them, their experience, and the experiences as children. They are um, incredibly well-behaved children, so <laughs> you must be doing something. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> now, you came over here from Iran. Yes, I did. 17
1: uh, years ago? About 17 years ago,
0: that's right. And why did you come over? Well,
1: I uh, fell in love with the right man,
0: and he happened to be
1: uh, living here, and I joined him. So where did you meet him? In Dubai. Oh, okay. Well, you, you were both working in Dubai, were No, you? I oh. was going on holiday. And he was there um, because he was doing a course at the time in London and he was there for Christmas holidays. So we met each other. So it's a holiday romance? Yes. (laughs) How long did you have together? Well, we had only a few weeks. I think we had two weeks. And a few months later, he proposed. So where did you meet him on the holiday? We Um, were going on holiday and his family were from Dubai. Well, they were living in Dubai and he was there on holiday and the family came to pick us up and we did, I didn't know he was going to be there on holiday as well. Oh, uh, I
0: see. Yeah. yeah. Was it love at first sight? It was. Oh. And did you just say he proposed a few months later? Yes, he did. He was Literally. very serious about it. Okay. I was only 19 and he was 23. When you know, you know. Uh, I knew with Carl, just straight away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all different, aren't we? Yeah. So then you came over here to live. Yes. And I joined him. That was a big leap. It was, but I think when
1: you're, I just I was just turning twenty, and when you're that young thing, you're so much more malleable, flexible with yeah. the ways of life. Yeah. And I, at a time we didn't, it just was fun, you know, and we decided. Um, to have fun for, you know, the first a few years, go travelling to, you know, whatever we wanted to do. I, I was working by then anyway. Um, and I wanted to get another degree, so I went to university again and... What did you study? Interior design.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh, yes. For those of you listening, she's brilliant, it. <laughs> and um,
1: after, I think it was six and eight, six and a half years, nearly seven years into our marriage, we decided, yes, we now want children. Yeah.
0: And so he was from
1: Iran well, as well? Or? No, no, he is not. He is, his parents are originally Arabs, and but he was born in Leeds, but he moved around quite a lot, so parts of his life
0: he spent in Canada, in Dubai, some parts in Syria and Iran as well. So how is that as a cultural mix, an Iranian and an Arab? Are you bringing a lot of the same values? I think we could be quite different.
1: Um, I think perhaps as well, you know, the temperaments are quite different. So example, my, mom, in marriage, my, my mom, especially in my family, my mom is an exceptionally quiet and calm lady. And so we, um, and we don't speak our mind Really, we've been taught that way. And is <laughs> Which that is not your the best. That's my family, and okay. also in as Iranians as well. I think diplomacy is the first. So you are very careful the way you you know word things. Um, what what I've noticed about the even when the years that we lived in Dubai, they're more outspoken the Arabs. Um, which is, sometimes is really nice because then, you know where you stand, you know where you stand, you, you know when you're trying to deal with that. Uh, so I think, but though that was maybe the
0: first uh, thing that came to my mind. <laughs> and did you find that a big adjustment?
1: N- n- no, I mean it was okay. I mean Ahmed has always had diplomacy uh, himself, but I think maybe the family. Would, okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was okay.
0: If, yeah, you're young and valuable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so true. And then a couple of children came along. Yes. Yeah. And um, we decided we were
1: living at the time in Birmingham. And I think we both decided that a city living is not suitable for bringing up a family for us. So... Um, my husband was working in many different um, areas up and down the country, and he one day turned around and said to me, Do you want to go and have a look like, at Cheltenham? Okay, because he's a pharmacist. Yes, okay. he's a pharmacist. Yeah. So we came one day, I had we had Hannah, I was pregnant with uh, Ali, and we came here. At first, believe it or not, I said, No. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. So you, didn't, you
0: didn't love Cheltenham at first? No.
1: But as soon as we started looking for houses and there was a potential permanent job for him here. Um, so we look at houses. We spent a year and I fell in love with a place. And I knew back then as well that we wanted to home educate our children. And I had read so much that home educating communities are really good around here. So that was a big factor. Um, so we looked for houses for a year and we moved. Um,
0: and do you like it? I love it. I think that was the best thing happened. Don't tell everybody on the podcast because <laughs> it's a secret how I tell them is. <laughs> <laughs> What made you want to home educate?
1: Well, um, Hannah was just born. I think she was about four months, and I had come across just the word home education somewhere. One of my friends had posted on, I think, on Instagram or Facebook. I don't remember where it was, and. I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting, so I read about it a little bit more and I felt, this is definitely
0: what I'm going to do with my children. And what, did you start at a formal age or do you feel like you were just always educating them and it... Yeah, I think it just came, you yeah. know, as you know, a, a, you know, a way of living, really. And have you found it to be a good home education group in Cheltenham? Very, yeah. I have to say. There hasn't been a time that I felt I didn't have any support. Yeah.
1: I found everybody very supportive, very lovely.
0: Yeah, there's some great groups, aren't there? Yes. And everyone home educates so differently. Yes. Don't they? So we could be in one of those groups one day and there won't be two people who are doing it the same. Describe to me how you do it. Well, I think there has been many
1: times there have been changes in the way we look at things when we're home educating. So at the beginning I wanted to do quite rigid classical education and then when we went on and I realized well this is not doing it for my daughter and just trying to read notes for her and do all sorts of activities and let the education and learning be something that would inspire her, just be a way of her life and that seemed to do the job for her. So you found your
0: groove with her.
1: Yes. Um, so do you have a formal day? Well, now we are trying to do only morning time formals, and then the rest of it is just something that we play games and we, you know, read books and you know. And they're as they're growing up, they're becoming more and more independent. But with Ali, he was always quite independent. So he taught him how to read and write, and mathematics is his thing. So he yeah, would just amazing. Say that, like, yeah, he taught
0: himself, didn't he? He's
1: really good. He's generally speaking, he's just you know. Very independent from the age of three he would go on you know who would see the signs of the street on the street and he'd just go and spell one, each
0: one of them and I just gave him the books and he just read he Mighty. was happy yeah so he's very academic I would say he is one of the things I notice about the way you educate is you're very good at exploring deeply over each yeah. subject aren't you is that what you love to do I think yes if you
1: leave it to me I'll just go very deep into subjects and try to make sure
0: that they've mastered it. You're part of a nature group, aren't you? That's right. And each week a different person presents a bird. That's right. So I can see on the table here, is Hannah presenting her bird here? Yes, Hannah is trying to do a J because we were
1: learning about the Corbett family last year, reading a really fun book, and we found that they're extremely smart. So, Jay is, you know, being from the Corbett family, but at the same time looking really pretty and colorful. Hannah decided to go with a J. At the beginning, she wanted to do a Robin, but then she decided to move on to the J. And she's embroidering one here as well. She is. She's (laughs) going to try to embroider it because we actually bought a dress. So, she's going to actually embroider it on her dress. Oh, wow. And wear that dress for the presentation
0: Gosh, that is going deep <laughs> it is <this> <laughs> it's just a reading it and turning the page isn't it but that nature group is brilliant like that isn't they it are, I mean, they did I creativity. got involved in the term they did moss I yes. had no idea amazing, the functions of moss the I varieties know. of moss I know amazing it's amazing the knowledge in that group is phenomenal and PhD I mean, level stuff it's <laughs> amazing and you know you, look, you start to fun. look at
1: nature with different eyes yeah because we go hiking quite a lot, and every time we go hiking, there is something to see. Oh, where do you hike? We try to explore the different counties. So is that
0: you as a family? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: So you go up to different places. Yes, and most of even meeting of friends happens in you know when we go
0: hiking together. And what's the most common question people will ask you when you mm. say that you home educate? How do you manage? (laughs) How (laughs) do you manage? And how do you manage? Um I always
1: feel it's
0: so rewarding that anything, any obstacle is worth it. (laughs) Yes. And do people ask you about the social aspect? Are they meeting enough friends? Um that's the one I get most commonly asked.
1: Sometimes they do, yeah. And how do
0: what what's your perspective Um, on that?
1: Well, my answer usually is that they have they they meet such an age range, wide age range of groups and I think this is how real world is and um, they deal with all sorts of people you know from different ages and you know different genders as well you know. I, I wouldn't even worry about that to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I can,
0: I can see why people do because yeah. it sounds like you're just sitting at home all day with your yes, children but yes. actually Quite a lot of the week you're out and about, aren't you? Meeting groups. So was lockdown hard for you then? I mean, the groups,
1: they're a good part of the education. We've always had, we always educate our children and we have the resources. So going into lockdown wasn't a hard adjustment Mm. because we've always done it. You know, we've always done everything with our own resources at home. So we've had everything at hand to keep them busy. Even if we're not going to see friends, even if we're not going to do certain groups.
0: So in that sense, I think, uh, yeah, it wasn't. Some people said to me, oh, home ed must look exactly the same to you. But of course, it looks immensely different oh, doesn't it? because you're not meeting up with the people that you normally meet up with and sharing the educational load with the groups. But you're alternative in a number of different ways, aren't you? So we came over and had the most fantastic afternoon with you and you taught us to ferment. So what got you into fermenting? So I think it
1: was um, the idea of healthy eating and it came again, you know, the beauties of having children. Um, So one day, Ahmed and I were sitting and watching a documentary on bread baking. And I came across sourdough and the only two ingredients you needed water and flour. And that was amazing, you know, it was like an epiphany somehow. <laughs> so I started to do research on it, um, joined a fermenting group on Facebook, bought books and started to learn more and more about it and made it a part of our life. So what's good about fermenting? Well, I think, you know, when they say you're what you eat and the gut bacteria is literally I, a lot of times the science is suggesting that is what rules your body now to, because of the messages that they keep sending to your brain and this was one of the you know main reasons of healthy living part of it that the gut bacteria has to be supported you know throughout that healthy eating and
0: to be honest we also really love the taste of it as well so <laughs> <laughs> it's also, getting more and more popular isn't it, it is. Fermented, it
1: is absolutely
0: so, you do the drinks, don't you? Remind me what the drinks so are. So, I do
1: uh, milk kefir. I have done in the past ginger bug. So, it's literally uh, fermented ginger. So, you can make fizzy drinks with it. Um, I have done water kefir as well, kombucha as well. So, that's like a Chinese fermented tea with a some sort of a weird looking mushroom.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah, these are the drinks that we do. So I had a bit of a go at it, didn't I? Yeah. Had a little season, yes. and I, my goodness, the fizz I got on those things—it's amazing. It's like yes, homemade isn't it? lemonade, <laughs> yeah. is not it? If You do the lemony one. Loved that yeah, one. It's really nice. Water it's kefir amazing. with yes, lemon. Definitely. Or it's, um, or with or water kefir with ginger—that was another yes. one that I loved. Yeah. It's
1: really nice. The fact that you can get that fizzy, mm, t- it's
0: fizziness. Amazing. Yeah. I'm not healthy enough to keep it all up.
1: And I do a lot of um
0: fermented vegetables as well. I know your children came down and asked for sauerkraut for lunch. Yes, my children are not going to do that. (laughs) And kimchi is one of Ali's favourite things to
1: eat. You know,
0: (laughs) and you do it all yourself, don't you? Yes. Oh, but you did get me into yogurt making as well. (laughs) You're still doing that. Still doing it. I mean, it must be so good for you, all of that healthy gut bacteria stuff.
1: Tri- I'm trying to hold on. I have to say, sometimes Ali's like every little bit because this, the yogurt's can be different from different batches. So, Ali's sometimes like, mummy is too sour, but I, um, you know, I encourage them, or sometimes I just don't tell them, I put the doll up in their smoothie, you know. They're <laughs> <So laughs> <laughs> yeah, having the
0: good sneaking bacteria Sneaking in, sneaking in. Yeah. The good sneaking in. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and do you ever miss living in Iran? This is home, <laughs> totally home. Yeah. Uh, do you feel very British?
1: Um. Yes, I feel very British.
0: <laughs> do you mind when people ask you, "Are you from somewhere"? No. You don't mind? No,
1: no. I mean, it's a, it's a well, we're, we're global citizen. This we is how are. I think about it. And obviously, I maybe some people want
0: to get to know another culture, so. No. Yes. yes, and you yeah. have a rich cultural heritage, don't you? Do you teach your children about the history of your country?
1: Fortunately, I have failed
0: miserably in that department. <laughs> You're too busy with the birds and nature. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs>
1: We're trying to enjoy what we have here. <laughs> and I'm hoping whenever we go, I will teach them about what is there as well. We do have certain, the, the food culture over there, which I try at home, not all the time. So that's familiar to them? Yes, and they love it. So uh, what sort of things would you cook them? So we have a lot of rice dishes, which I try to cook uh, twice a week. I introduce them into these sort of things. So if we're, there are celebrations, I talk to them, but um, I don't particularly celebrate the new year that we have over there. It's just, if my family aren't around, I don't feel the need for it. Okay. <laughs> but language, my children understand. Anna understands more than Ali, uh, but no,
0: we only speak English at home. So. Do you? Yes. So you're you're not both teaching your own languages. No, we are not. It's quite hard, isn't it? Because be, my yeah. husband's Greek, and it is difficult to have two languages going in the home. Yes, it is, and I think we made a decision very early on
1: that they're living in an English-speaking country. They're going to have their education in here, so we should emphasize. Although I feel. At some point, I would have liked
0: them to learn the language because it's great for them. But that was my shortcoming. <laughs> but if they have enough of the basic, they can pick it up. So our they eldest would. went over and he picked it up in, I think he mm-hmm. went over That's for three weeks. And by fantastic. the end of it, he was conversational because it's familiar to them, isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. So they listen to me when I'm speaking with my mom
1: mm-hmm. and my, my sister and my family over there. And... What's interesting is that they have so much. Um, I took them a couple of times, and they were very young, and they have such fun memories uh-huh. of being there. Which really,
0: that's, this is what matters to me. Yeah, you have fun memories of you get embraced by that big family. Yeah, do you? yes, yeah. yes. Going back to home ed, so um, are you gearing towards GCSEs, or yes, you'll want some formal exams. Um, yes, and I think one of the
1: plans was that we would like to probably start rather early from the age of 12 and spread the GCSE within four years so it wouldn't be a lot of pressure on them.
0: So maybe two years or something? Uh,
1: probably, yes, that would be ideal. Yeah. Yes, and start from the subjects that is easier or they don't need to have a certain maturity.
0: So what would understand. you start with?
1: Probably we'll start with math yeah, and um, physics and then move on to the rest and leave biology and um, English last.
0: And why do you think biology is harder than physics? I think they need a certain amount of... Um,
1: maturity to understand the subjects. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah.
0: yeah. And physics is a little bit nearer to maths... in that yes, there's lots of rights and wrongs, aren't yes, there? And exactly. Such a subject. Well it's a bit more linear. Absolutely. And um, will they both do that?
1: Well so far, um, when we talked about it, especially because Hannah is nearing the age of secondary school and we were looking at her options and which schools, grammar schools and see what that she wants to do and she chose know the GCSEs to be set earlier and because they love math so um so we said yeah we'll set you for math earlier and Ali has made it very clear as well that he he would like to do the same so you
0: gave them the choice of whether they wanted to go off to senior school or do their GCSEs from home yeah and they've both chosen home and -hmm. you've got chickens as well yes we we do so you're a little bit of an interesting mixture because Home ed and chickens, funny enough, people used to ask me, honestly, when home ed was less known in the early (laughs) days, given that, you know, I started over 15 years ago, they would say, oh, so you're a vegetarian then? And then the other question was, so do you have chickens? (laughs) So people obviously associate that with home ed, but where I think you really depart from any stereotype is your house is immaculate your decor is immaculate yet you've got these crazy chickens in the garden so you're not really the kind of um, farmhouse type <laughs> i couldn't really box you if i tried how many chickens have you got we've got five now gosh I so you do... must have enough eggs never to have to buy eggs oh, gosh we give away quite a lot as well oh good we... i should come around more yes, often <laughs> you should. Gosh, they're so much nicer aren't they
1: they are And I think we just love animals, all of us.
0: So you did it for the animals, not for... Because you can get a dog, you know that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think right now the commitment of taking a dog for a walk, I don't think I'm ready
0: or, you know, because of the commitment to the children. And you don't have to walk chickens. No. So you did it more for the pets than you did for the eggs? Or both? I think
1: the egg was a nice, you know... (laughs) nice addition addition cherry do on the head. yeah but we've always wanted to have you know, chickens in the garden have you? it's fun and all the you know i think we just love doing gardening doing you know everything in the garden doing the chickens everything we know where the source is where it all come from so i think that's what really encouraged us to do that yeah so
0: do you grow anything in the garden
1: we're trying reach? to but right now my husband decided to fill up the garden with fruit trees. So we have now, for this small size, we have an orchard, actually.
0: You have? Yes, There is an orchard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, uh, it's pretty busy in there. Yes, and also some wonderful and weird
1: fruits. Like, like... We've, got, we've got medlar, which a lot of people don't know what it is. Well, no, I don't know it is. So it's a brown fruit, it's very traditional, which has to be blotted, Kind of rotted to be able to eat it, but it tastes like custard apple. So actually, the winter, the cold of the winter hits it, and it goes soft and mushy, and that's how it best tastes. Like a best. sort of rotten
0: apple. Yeah, but it tastes like custard. It's really nice. So that was. I <laughs> know. <laughs> that is definitely something I haven't tried. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm gonna nice knock on your door start. in the winter and tell you we got fruits from our garden. <laughs> I'm in. Okay, I'm in. I've tried everything else. I've tried your kombucha. I've tried oh gosh, I love your bread. You're a major bread maker, Thank aren't you? you? And I do make sourdough. I don't get mine to rise in quite the same way as you do. You seem to have really nailed it. I came oh. over one day, you've made a walnut sourdough. Yes. Honestly, I could dream about that. It's just absolutely fantastic. Maybe yeah.
1: that would be another thing. Oh come on, and I'll cure yeah, do cure do with a medlar. Sorry, some <laughs> sourdough with some rotten don't <laughs> for, medlar. Don't forget the eggs. Yeah, don't forget the eggs. Yeah, I,
0: <laughs> so do you but teach it? the children to cook and to ferment? Yes. Where do you um, keep all your fermented stuff? Um, they're all over it's the a, place. It's mostly mostly a I try to make issue, small
1: batters and that's why we would like to actually have a really good area, in a pantry, a big area. A pantry, yeah. yeah, We really do need a pantry now. Big, so big enough. Do they get involved? Sorry, going back to my question. Yes, do they, they, get get involved? They, they do. They ask me questions about, if I'm doing fermentation, they ask me questions. Mm-hmm. If I don't get around doing it, you know, some of the Japanese fermentation that I haven't done for a few months now,
0: and they ask for it. So they they love it? Yeah, they love it. So They must have acquired the taste, because it's quite vinegary, isn't it? Yes. Now, interestingly, I was looking at a diet recently. I'm always looking at different diets. (laughs) But it was one recently, and the particular girl who was sharing about it was saying you cut vinegar out of your diet. Now, when you talk about fermenting, it's quite an acidic taste, isn't it? So I associate that with the kind of the vinegar family, but it's not vinegar, is Mm, it? No, no. Kombucha, if it stays longer, it can turn something similar to vinegar,
1: where it's quite acidic, and it's always recommended to use a straw to drink, because it can ruin your teeth long term. Wow. Yes. But the vegetables, because of the salt, the brining, and the time that it takes for the bacteria to do its job, it does turn a little bit acidic, but I think that's the magic of it. It gives it the umami taste, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say umami taste? Umami. It's like a Japanese terminology that they use for, I think, that, mm, you know, we have salty, sour, sweet, and this is like the extra one that the Japanese...
0: Oh, okay. That's mean. an expression. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I thought you said mummy taste. <laughs> okay. I thought cheddar is definitely you know, not then, a mummy taste. You know, with in our aged house. things, especially when you eat
1: aged cheese, it has a different taste. You cannot particularly put your finger on it, can you? So instead? it's like a
0: maturity taste. Yes, yeah.
1: aged or fermented, it just tastes totally different to the rest. Of so them, are you are very
0: careful with children's diets across the board. I try to. So I what wouldn't know. you give them?
1: Um, I think one of the things that I try to avoid my best to avoid, I cannot say I've been successful, it's true, here. Yeah. Um, and also I try to teach them from now that, um, you know, having a very healthy mind all comes from what you're eating. So if you're feeling agitated, so don't eat something that might add to that agitation and give you a spike of energy. And then when it, your energy levels drop down, you're just going to go back to that agitation again. Mm. Um, this is the approach I try to um, have with them, have a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, as much as homemade food as possible. You know, Even the food that you eat outside, they might taste amazing, but you don't know what they have in them. <laughs> do you
0: not eat out much?
1: Mm, we do. I wouldn't say we don't, but I constantly remind them. It's, it's maybe once every two to three weeks. Um, if we wanted for example to enjoy but I always make sure that they have very
0: you know, every day they have uh, homemade food so my current health kick is keto oh,
1: I love that diet
0: but there's n- really no fruit at all in keto no.
1: it's very difficult especially when, when it comes to keto because what you're trying to do is shift your body uh, instead of using carbohydrates which is the easiest source of um, calories um, to using fat and as more of an efficient way of, you know, energy. So, but when it comes to the children, this is what I always have in mind is that they're constantly growing. So they would need this source of easy energy and they're constantly learning and they're constantly on the move. So these sources of energy of fruits and vegetables and some carbohydrates are probably a very important to the part of them growing up. Mm. Whereas us adults, we don't move as much as we, they do, and we are not growing anymore. So, um, so it's uh, keto can do really well for some people. Have you tried it? I have tried it in the past. What was, do you think? It was very good, but I lasted only probably two months. Yeah. I found myself some days found it because I mix it with fasting as well. So I constantly fast anyway. I do the intermittent fasting. But I think I pushed myself a little bit too hard and I managed to do 60 hours of fasting while being on a keto diet. And that was, yeah, that was quite an experience.
0: (laughs) Gosh. So you fast as a general rule? Yes. For how long? I try to do minimum 18 hours of fasting. And do you do that as a health thing? Because yes. you don't carry any extra weight, it's no, not just a diet thing. No. And what no. do you think are the benefits of fasting? I think I don't get the sudden energy surges and energy
1: drops usually when I don't fast. And I feel like then,
0: because I have such a busy life, it's more of an efficient way of... So you mean that after you've fasted and gone back to your normal way of eating, You don't have the peaks and drops? Yes, I don't have, because usually when I have breakfast, I have a drop
1: of energy. Yeah. I feel really tired. I might have a little bit afterwards, and
0: then I'm really tired, and then, you know, it comes. But then I get that during the fast, but Mm. after the fast, you're back to doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So are you back into sort of spiking?
1: Oh, no, I only have one meal a day anyway, so that would be, yes. Oh, my word. Oh, it would be one meal a day with a little bit of snack. And that would be it. And that's usually towards evening when my husband comes home. So you tomorrow. don't have breakfast or lunch? No, no.
0: Do you get hungry? I think I've been doing this for the past three, four years. So yeah. where does your sourdough bread, your delicious sourdough bread, fit into your <laughs> way of life? That would be once every few weeks <laughs>
1: <Is> <laughs> for it? me. But for the kids, I, I make two loaves every week for my husband and the kids. And what about fats? Like, Would you have butter on it? Mm. For myself, no. <laughs> but I have, I enjoy cheese. I love
0: cheese. Yeah. Now that's your next thing, I think. It is. Make cheese. It is. is it really? Well, yes. I I, I've got it?
1: And soap. I'm making soap anyway already. Are you? Yeah, we're, I'm making Please laundry go. soap. Um, yeah. So I've been washing with only my own laundry soap for the past year. What about hand soap and face soap? Well, this is going to be, a friend of mine actually made lovely hand soaps, which oh. did wonders for my hands, because they were really bad and dry, but because it's got shea butter in them, and um, the process of sapo- saponification doesn't, doesn't destroy the shea butter, so they're very moisturising, So she gave it we'll to make? me, and I'm going to start making that as well for, you well, know, and will, you make,
0: will that come out in soap bars? Or? Yes, soap bars, Okay, yes, so yes. it yes. won't be liquid soap? No, it wouldn't be. No shower gel? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, My issue with soap is... Once you've used it, it just gloops wherever it sits, doesn't it? But this one surprisingly does. It actually comes out really nice. So it's been keeping
1: its shape nicely. And and I feel like, um, even though before I was using a brand that was like. It was zero, so it didn't natural. have anything quite natural. But I feel like it wasn't very kind on of my hands. Oh, I'm um, gonna have
0: to come over for a soap making. Yeah, that would be
1: <laughs> fun. Quite dangerous, though, but I love it. <laughs> Why is it dangerous? Because you're using lye. So lye can, if if not used in, with caution, can burn. What's lye? Um, so it's a chemical. That's, a, I think, a byproduct of ash, if I'm not mistaken. So they use that quite a lot for opening up. Uh, drains, but it's not pure lye. So okay. it kind of burns everything. So, but,
0: so if you <laughs> you're add, putting a drain cleaner in your soap, okay, but they're in the right proportion. Chemistry <laughs> yes. is funny like that. Isn't it? it? If you mix it the is. right things with the right absolutely. things, absolutely. So it's just oil different. with water and lye, right. and you get
1: magic happens literally. I have got to come over that. And then, will you put smells in it? Well, I'm. I will. That's one of my future endeavours whenever I have time <laughs> to put. Definitely use essential oils and you know I racing. could see
0: you making your own essential oils <laughs> no I mean, no I've thought about it but I, I go you have, too to far. have quite
1: a lot of re- resources
0: for that <laughs> yeah that's true you do you do because I yeah. try to do lavender but actually mm. unless you do it with the proper process yes. you just end up with a bit of a mushy ending yeah. tell me though going back to the cheese yes. you're going to make cheese what sort of cheese are you going to make well I was actually looking at feta cheese <laughs> because that's one do- of doable. the yeah the other cheese
1: that we actually eat quite a lot at home, so I try to do things that we use quite a lot. So, that so how do- would you make feta cheese? I think that's with rennet and um, lots, of, <laughs> lots and lots of milk. So you have to use the animal product because I would, I don't think I was reading reviews on vegetarian rennet. I think I would use the animal one. Would it be
0: goat's milk? um because oh, cheese or sheep
1: that would or be sheep's my meal.
0: favorite
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know whether i can easily you know get sheep's milk <laughs> but goat's milk definitely we love goat's cheese so
0: that would be one of the other projects come that i'm gonna yeah. yeah come on what else is in your pipeline i've landed on soap and cheese by mistake what else are you up to <laughs> i haven't got any more <laughs> that's it come on i
1: don't think so i bet if
0: we carried on touching for another hour there'd be another four or five things in there,
1: <laughs> no for now these are i think i'm gonna have to stop
0: that's here because
1: otherwise i'm you know <laughs> with the children i have to balance, balance things yeah, yeah balance it and make sure <laughs>
0: brilliant now i always ask people on my podcast Because it's called The Courageous Mama. What's the courageous thing that you've done in your life? I think uh, it was moving to Dubai,
1: actually. We moved to Dubai about 2016, I think. We moved there for a couple of years. And... um,
0: I didn't know that. So, is that before you moved to Cheltenham? No, actually we had moved here. Bought your house? Yeah, bought the house. And then went back to Dubai. Why did you go
1: back to Dubai? I think at the time, the idea was that uh, we would live closer to my husband's family. But unfortunately, it was in the country that we wanted to raise our kids. And we were lucky to be able to come back, but that was one of the most courageous things I had done in my life. And why did it feel scary? Um, I think it's... As I was getting older with two children, I didn't want to change. I didn't want the change to happen, that dramatic to happen in my life, and I think it was to see whether we could, you know, being closer to family and doing that the right thing at the time. It felt like doing the right thing at the time, but, uh, you know, looking back, (laughs) it was very scary. And looking back, I think if I go back, I would never do it again. And I felt very happy, very blessed to be back here.
0: It's a funny old thing marrying someone from another country or continent. I could relate to that part of her story. I fell in love with my holiday romance on the Great Barrier Reef at the tender age of 21 and we were soon married. Best thing I ever did. But it's hard having family divided into different countries, there's always that pull. We spent four years in Melbourne near Con's family before we came to settle here in England. And I know it's been a particularly difficult season for those who have close family abroad. What strange times we're in. So many, many thanks to Zara and her creative ideas. I just want to add a little disclaimer. There's no agenda here for fasting. Please check with your doctor before you leap into anything like that. I do, however, want to leap into some soap making. I'm hoping that Zara will share some of her intel with me when she sussed that out. In the meantime, I went home very happy with some of her gorgeous free-range eggs. Remember, I'm doing podcasts fortnightly throughout the summer rather than weekly. Do pick up your copy of Parenting for Life on thecourageousmama.com or go to the link in the show notes. I love hearing from you and you can find me easily. I'm the Courageous Mama, M-U-M-M-A, on Instagram, the blog, the pod, and at Gmail. And you can pop to the Courageous Mama website and make an appointment to come and have a chat through whatever parenting issue you'd like some help tackling. Have a great week.